0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a podcast brought to you by the teams at JetRails, 1 to 1 e-commerce, and NChannel. Channel. Uh, we're really glad to have some, uh, some great guests with us today to talk about best practices for Magento data management, in essence, how to get your data in and out of your Magento store. Um, with us today, uh, I'll start by welcoming Ryan Lunka. Uh, Ryan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So I've got a long history. I was a consultant before I was at NChannel, uh, primarily implementing uh, digital marketing and content management systems in the Adobe ecosystem for for big enterprise uh, companies. Sometimes there are some e-commerce companies, some other things as well. Uh, came to N-Channel as the digital marketing director, uh, have been the head of product for about three years, and now I'm the chief operating officer overseeing Uh, basically all of our operations from sales marketing development and implementation. Um, We do a lot of uh, integration for retailers and e-commerce merchants, including a lot of Magento merchants, um, connecting Magento to things like point of sale systems and uh, suppliers through flat file integration and ERPs and things like that. So we've done a lot of work with Magento and hopefully we'll have a lot to offer here.
0: Awesome. And uh, as well, we've got Chris from the one-to-one e-commerce team. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about your background?
2: Yes, uh, I've been a developer for 11 years now. Uh, I am currently working on one-to-one e-commerce. I am a technical leader there. I also a certified Magento front-end and back-end uh, programmer. Uh, my my goal in, in the company is pure, is getting my team to, to get the better solution for all the problems that appears. One-to-one e-commerce uh, does migration from Magento 1 to Magento 2, does maintenance, um, safe sites that are beyond repair sometimes. That are, those are, are the worst. Um, yeah, and getting the best uh, solution for every problem is basically my work.
0: Awesome. And uh, this is Robert, one of the co-hosts of the JetRails podcast. And I've been a Magento 1 and 2 mm-hmm. solution specialist for some time. I've helped to oversee the builds and migrations of, uh, of various Magento sites for, for many years uh, and currently oversee partnerships and alliances at JetRails, a mission-critical white-glove e-commerce hosts. So uh, with no further ado, let's uh, dive right in. Uh, I'll take you through the quick agenda for the day. We're going to be talking about some of the the background of the Magento database itself, some of the methods of getting data in and out, uh, including working direct to database, uh, working with file import and export, as well as uh, using Magento's APIs. Um, And we're going to go into some of the pros and cons of of some of these different methods because there are use cases for each, uh, some more than others, perhaps. (laughs) We'll find out soon. Uh, And with that, let's uh, talk a little bit about Magento's database. Ryan, do you want to give us a little bit of perspective uh, from your background on working uh, with uh, Magento?
1: Yeah, uh, the Magento database is very challenging. It's uh, it's very big and complicated. Um, when you when you want to pull data out of a system in bulk, and you have pretty custom ways, you need to do it. Um, the database can be a great way to pull the data out. Um, but the, the, you have to really understand the structure of Magento's database, um, and the patterns that it uses to, to break out how all the data is stored, uh, and that can be a little bit complex. Mm.
2: Yes. Yeah, so one of those patterns is the EAV uh, pattern that I use for the attributes specifically, and that has a huge number of table, uh, tables that work together in order to, to let the customer create new uh, new attributes with different types of attributes, and handling that in MySQL is very hard, uh, very hard to get it done, basically, and it's fragile. So if you put data in that, uh, magento is not prepared to handle uh, it will crash and we can have problems in the future
0: yeah and if you think about it in simplest terms uh, if you have one spreadsheet with all of your data in it uh, you're not really working with <laughs> with magento data um, because the way that uh, the, the, the data relates um, in terms of the database you've got uh, separate tables that relate to the products the attributes the orders the customers, shipping, payments, all interlocking and interrelated. Um, so if you were to, um, let's say in, insert shipping, it's going to relate to an order to a customer. Uh, if you were to, to be in, inserting, uh, you know, data that relates to products, that's going to interrelate with attributes and perhaps with existing orders. And so it does add a little bit of complexity and, uh, and, and perhaps that's why, <laughs> uh, we chose this for today's topic. Um, And so let's dive right in on, uh, reading and writing, um, data, you know, obviously there we've talked about the fact that there are multiple ways of doing it, um, right from the offset, um, any major preferences, uh, you know, and we'll see where we wind up by the the end of today's conversation. But, uh, you know, let me start off with, with Chris. Um, do you prefer one method if you have a choice?
2: if i had a choice uh i would go with the api uh connection uh the rest seems that uh, having problems uh and we we're going to dig into those i think Awesome. and ryan what would you say on the topic
1: uh i would generally lean toward api uh that's typically how at end channel we're moving data across systems we prefer to work there are y- reasons you would make other decisions, but uh, your default should probably be to try to do data movement through the API.
0: Yeah, awesome. And so given that uh, I think we're all fans of the API methodology for getting data in and out, let's start right off uh, by talking about going direct to the database. And we do know that there are some pros, there are some cons. um, And uh, you know, Chris, why don't you start us off with with some of your thoughts um, from your experience on working with the database?
2: Well, as a pro uh, for directly inserting the into Magento database, it can be useful because it's very fast. Um, people are very used to use MySQL queries to solve problems. And um, when you have a problem in life or something that needs to be fixed partially, you might need to, to do something in the database, meaning removing something or inserting something that is missing. Uh, and you have absolute control over what you do. Uh, what you do is what you see, basically. In uh, in this type of importing data, uh, the cons can be that uh, Magento database, like, like we said, is very fragile, and inserting data this way, because of the relational nature of the of the database, can create data inconsistency in the long term. Maybe you don't see it at that time, but in the in the future, uh, as the site is working live, you will. Yet to see what you've done there, and it can generate problems in, in that uh, respect. Uh, so, if also if you have processes that process the data previously to insert to the to the database, like uh, I don't know, in Magento is what we call them plugins or observers that change the data before they got inserted. If you directly insert that data into the database, uh, you will we will bypassing that, and you won't get. Uh, the same data result that Magento will get if you do it using Magento directly. Ryan, anything to add to that in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. In terms of inserting data, um, you better have an emergency situation and have somebody who really knows what they're doing because the risk uh, often outweighs the reward trying to insert data into the database. It can be useful if you need to do um, like large-scale ETL type transactions where you have to get a lot of data out fairly efficiently to drop it off to maybe you're migrating instances or you want to drop it off to a data warehouse or something like that. Um, because there's a little bit less risk when you're reading. You just have to. It's complex to write the queries, but once you write them, um, the the overall hit on your server or the risk to your to your data is is pretty minimal. Um, so, there's, there's reasons you could potentially want to do that, um, especially if the, the API, on, primarily Magento 1, um, doesn't really provide you the information that you need, necessarily.
2: Also, there are certain entities that are uh, easier to interact because they don't have many relations. Like, uh, in yeah. Magento, it can be like senior spaces in these logs. I think they have two tables that relate to each other. One is for the store, one is for the data. Um, for each one, and those don't uh, represent a big uh, issue. Uh, dealing directly with them, when you get to products or orders some customer, that they are all inter- inter- interrelated in between them. That that is very hard to do. Oh yeah.
0: So maybe querying the database a bit safer, especially if if done by someone that uh, you know that's going to keep an eye on their resource usage and such. Um, but inserting data, unless you're working with, uh, w- with items like, uh, you know, CMS pages and such that, that don't correlate to too many relational tables, um, you know, that's where it's going to get dicier. Yeah. 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 So, um, so let's move over to file import and export, working with flat files like CSV and, and you know, and certainly, uh, you know, other file types that Magento can work with. Uh, and let's be sure to look at both what Magento natively uh, handles as well as perhaps adding an extension uh, or, or some uh, third-party system that will help uh, to allow for other types of, of import-export, for instance, mm-hmm. um, importing orders or things like that. Okay. And yeah, Chris, do you uh, want to start us off on that I'm
2: going to start. Uh, well, the import-export, uh, if you are doing it for... Updating attributes or something like that—it is maybe the easiest way because uh, anyone can do it. It can be done in the back end. It's relatively safe, Uh, but the the cons of this is if you have a very large, for example, a very large file to import, uh, it might crash the server. uh, Like that, imagine the server won't handle the the size of that file. It can happen. Also, it's very buggy, meaning that uh, you. We we'll get errors that you don't understand, and they are not very well explained. So it's hard to debug uh, if you go those those errors. And it's limited, like like you said, it's limited to the, the entities that Magento allows. But you can create a new export import via uh, and create a new extension. So maybe a third-party extension already created. Uh, mainly, those extensions internally will, will work with API. So if they are Done correctly, um, it's is a good way to go. And
0: Ryan and obviously, end channel moves a lot of data for a, a lot of reasons. Um, where have you seen file import and export really shine?
1: Um, I kind of echo that there's there's performance challenges with the import export. I've actually crashed a server trying to do an export before too, which is uh, different than being a little safer when you're reading from the database. The usually the read operation is a little a little safer. Um, you know, it, it's great for for uh, small batch kind of updates, attributes, things like that. Um, some of the challenge with it is when you're trying to import CSV data, it, you're importing a flat data structure, and the, the data in Magento is fundamentally not flat. Um, so to try to, like, represent the data in a flat structure makes it a little bit difficult to understand what you're necessarily changing, um, and it's actually... Limited in what you can do you can only you can only represent it so many ways Um, We uh, the other challenge here is you can't really automate it unless you add some kind of customization or an app that potentially automates it So, you know a lot of what we do is we're integrating data uh, over a long period of time. It's not really a one-time transaction Um, you know picking up orders as close to real-time as possible and sending them across or um, Dropping a, a product catalog update once a day, and it's all automated um, the file import export is really kind of a manual one-time process. Uh, and if you want to automate that, you've got to, you've got to use other other means.
0: Yeah, so you could set a cron job, have things coming in and out. But, uh, but at the same time, I, I would resonate that there's potentially, especially if you're using native Magento uh, import export functionality, let's say you want to pull in um, uh, product reviews with your uh, with your data, or if you're using extensions, perhaps let's say for, I don't know, reward points with your, your customer data, um, there are going to be things that don't necessarily uh, work as easily for you with, with what you're going to find. So mm-hmm. there are those cases. I, I would say the, the most common usage is going to be, you know, either as I think you've both suggested simple um, you know product and, and other data that's going to go in and out, or um, perhaps for one time, Work where it's not worth writing uh, to the API in some situations, uh, you know, and and just working with what's already there for an import or an export might make more sense, um, you know. And certainly, I, I've run into lots of extensions that will uh, add to what you can import and export with Flat File. Uh, and in some cases, I've seen those used for one-time work just because faster to install an extension. Um, move the data that you need to move and uh, <laughs> get on to the next task. Um, but uh, but certainly, um, you know, lots of usage out there. I would ask, has anyone, um, and maybe Chris, you might have run into this. Have you ever seen any database bloat, any remnants left by some of the that uh, importing and such that, that gets done with
2: flat file? I haven't noticed it in a um, while. I, I found a lot of those in databases, but I couldn't trace it back to uh, an import per se. Uh, it can be an, anything at that mm. point. So it can be. Yeah. i never seen it uh, be directly associated with, uh, with this type of import, but I, I wouldn't discard it.
0: Yeah, all right. So I've got something for you to keep an eye on in the future. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've pegged that a few times, especially uh, maybe with, with some earlier Magenta One work. Um, and, and so that, that leads us into what started off at the beginning of, uh, uh, of this podcast uh, as the fan favorite, the API integrations. And certainly Magento has had more than one uh, API to choose from historically. Uh, let's, um, let's start off with Ryan on this one, since Channel really has a, an integration to Magento through API um, and has done a lot of work to support that. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to work with the API and some of those pros and cons?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, our preference is always to start with an API um, for a number of reasons. One is it's it's generally the safest way to get data into and out of a system because it allows the application to insert into the database and read from the database with business logic and validation rules and all those sorts of things. the uh, the challenge with an API is that you have to you have to have either some application or some amount of code that can call the API. Um, that's what our platform does. so for us it's an obvious answer. but if you're not dealing with a, a system already that knows how to talk to the API, you have to write scripts or write code to make that happen. Um, you also have to take into consideration um, how hard you hit the API if you just blast it, Blasted, blast it, blasted it, blast it with data. Uh, you could potentially take down the instance of Magento. Um, so you have to think about those sorts of things if you're dealing with large operations.
0: Sure, um, throttling definitely becomes important. Oh, yeah,
1: and yeah. On Magento, one we had some challenges because the REST API was a little bit limited in what you could do, and we, we generally prefer a REST API. Um, we had to actually build a a, a plug-in a to bolt into Magento to add some functionality for uh, like webhook listening things like that but um, the magento 2 API so far looks pretty robust and I know our development teams had a really easy time working with it um, so if you know rest api's uh, they've opened they or they've implemented the open API standard so it's a uh, very familiar documentation it's a very familiar interface for talking to um, so it's a pretty easy API
0: to, to work with yeah and you know you touched on data validation and I know we're going to look at a case study momentarily that it'll uh, uh, give some insight into that. But um, le- going backwards a bit, I'd say that you'd have some of the least data validation going direct to database. You're basically able to shove what you want in there. Um, going into flat file, uh, things may fail, although it can be really tough to figure out what's failing and where to clean up the data. Um, so if your data isn't pristine in the first place, doesn't match the schema properly for what you're trying to pull into magento that that'll get a bit dicey the api i i would say is is the best that it um it's going to give you hopefully some kind of useful response and allow you to uh, to to do what you need to do um chris what would you think on uh, on some of that data validation
2: yeah, and the, the best thing about the API is that handle the data the way that Magento handles the data. So it passes through all the validation that it will pass if you create a product in the backend, for example, on, on an order, or you change the status of an order. Everything passes like it is done inside Magento backend and passes all validations, all plugins, all servers, that are things that can modify that data. Yeah, so... It's the best way and the safest way. If something is wrong, you will know. uh, It won't get inserted, and that's preventing uh, getting trash data in the the database. That's why uh, we are saying that it's the best uh, uh, way to go. Uh, The learning curve might be the the highest one because you need people who who knows how to interact with the APIs. Uh, also, uh, you you might need for supporting extensions or new tables created by another extensions. Uh, you will need to create maybe the the API for for that uh, for that data to be exposed because uh, not all the vendors, not all the people uh, create that API folder, API folder, and it's not uh, it's not normal. It's normal to to have many extensions that doesn't allow to to get the data or set the data that way.
0: Hmm. So there might be cases where you've got a you have fields that aren't naturally exposed to the API. You might have to do extra work to expose them to the API if possible. Uh, you know, and that's inter- That I would say, from a security standpoint, there's also always questions about you know any time that you're opening up access, whether to the database or or to other areas of the site. That you know, there's more security perhaps with, with some methodologies than others, like going through the API where. Um, you know, where, as opposed to maybe direct-to-database. Uh, you know, so that that's certainly, uh, you know... Yeah,
2: it's safest it's to to give credentials to the API than to give uh, credentials to the database, for sure. Yeah,
0: and, and I love how you described how basically the API is talking uh, or responding similarly to how the Magento admin would. So if you go to put, let's say, you know, special characters in a field where they don't belong that should be text only or, or numbers only, and, you know, numerics, uh, you know, that it, it's going to give you an appropriate response. Um, it's not going to let you put the wrong thing in, in the wrong place. Yeah,
2: because Magento um, has uh, validations that are on top of the database, meaning they have extra validations before putting the, the data in the database. The data validation in the database will be, uh, don't put uh, this type of, of, of input in this because it doesn't go there, but it's not very, it's not very good to to erase all the problems. So you end up having values that don't correspond to the where they are put. But it, passing to magento, it, that won't be allowed. Uh, basically, they, yeah. they will stop you and say this is an error. Fix it. You know, and,
0: and Ryan, I would suppose that you know we've talked about how if someone doesn't use the API, it's often because they're not as familiar. Or because it's going to be more work um, than maybe using an existing flat file or, or something that, that they think they mm-hmm. can get done faster. Um, obviously, end uh, channel exists to move data for folks. Um, have you seen you know some interesting cases uh, you know where or even tangentially where you know folks didn't know that that there were services that already had those connections written for them. Um, where they were doing it the hard way or, or uh, you know, had uh, certainly headaches because they, they didn't know um, what was possible that there are uh, service providers like M-Channel out there?
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of the times we're replacing either a manual process, somebody's manually using a database script or an importer to update data on a regular basis, but there's human intervention required or we're replacing sort of a homegrown uh, integration add-on or customization of some sort. Um, What people tend to not realize that they don't do integration or large-scale data movement on a regular basis, and this kind of plays into both how you integrate, but also when you're looking at API versus database versus um, the file importer, exporter. Um, One of the most important things you really need to understand is what is your risk of exceptions? And I don't mean exceptions in the technical like coding sense. I mean, exceptions is in, um, I'm trying to put this thing in times a million and of the 500 that don't make it, those are exceptions. They, they didn't go down the happy path of successfully entering. Uh, exception management's one of the most important things you need to consider. And the two things that increase your risk of exceptions are lots of data and automation of data because you're doing things over and over and over again. So it's, a, it's lots of data just spread over time. Um, Your API tends to be your best tool for managing exceptions because it's able to give you actionable error messages. It's able to validate the data and say here's why I rejected it. It's invalid for this reason Um, Things like database scripts you might have an exception or failure you put it in the database wrong you won't even know it until downstream something has blown up on you and People who tend to build custom integrations uh, don't necessarily always have the context to deal with those exceptions and whatever code they wrote, the right code for the happy path. And then when things start to blow up or
0: not work, even 5% of the time, it's operationally a huge problem. And so talking about things blowing up a bit and and hopefully then uh, putting them back together better than they started. uh, One-to-one e-commerce team was uh, kind enough to put together some notes um, on one of their clients the lifeguard store chris can you tell us a little bit about um what you found here and you know well, how yeah. following best practice w- was able to resolve issues and um and sort of uh, you know right the ship <laughs> not, not to be too funny with, with well, this, is a,
2: this is a fine example of a site what that was beyond repair when when we got it the database for this site is is huge uh it was huge We had many errors coming up when you're trying to save products, save attributes, uh, like duplicated ID, 40 key errors, things that pointed directly to the database. Um, We started to look into the database and found many, many things that were not right there. Um, But we had to fix one by one. It was months and months of work to iron out. And then the project got live, and we got more errors that we didn't see in developers. Because when you are using the site every day, you get to, to see all the errors that you don't get to see in, in a developer's environment. So, um, debugging this database, particularly, was very hard. And the client, uh, it's, it's hard to explain to the client uh, what is a database inconsistency, what is trash data. Um, why are they having these issues? And basically we trace it back to the previous agency that, that work in the project and the way they imported the data from, uh, I think it was WooCommerce or something like that. Uh, and they did whatever they could, um, they, they did it by a, a mixture of a CSV and inserting directly to the database, uh, everything but, uh, using the API. Um, we can we can see that uh it was very the performance was terrible uh the errors were everywhere they were preventing the user to use the backend normally and we we got we started to debug uh error by error uh deleting as we we spotted something weird in the database some some record that shouldn't be there and and was really hard and that's spot. After months of work, uh, we, will, we are able now to, to say that it's stable. The, the database is stable and it's working fine. Um, we are making sure that nothing gets added in a weird way again. And the client is very happy because for the first time, they, they, they don't find errors every day. Uh, and yeah, been that way for a long time now.
0: Yeah. You know, it's tough to be a merchant and, you know, you have a store, you want to operate a store. You don't necessarily want to be a, a tech company to face these kind of challenges, even when in your developers come and, and tell you what they're discovering to sometimes understand what that is and who's responsible and, and take someone's word for it. It's always great when you are able to build stronger relationships with, with uh, you know, with clients and, um, you know, sort of partner with them as, as their outsourced team to solve these sorts of things. But uh, from my experience, it's a challenge bringing people bad news. You know, letting them know that uh, that their database isn't healthy, and um, that in some cases, uh, you know, you don't know exactly what it's going to take to solve the the problems. That very
2: you're hard to, to finding assume.
0: them. It's a game of whack a mole.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Uh, sorry, there's a uh, there's a pretty good takeaway here for, for merchants as well in terms of how they select their partners. Um, I, I, I wasn't involved in this project at all, and I can see what happened here is that at some point through their process, this merchant probably worked with a partner who uh, wasn't necessarily as capable of um, marrying the business requirements, like migrating a site over and how the site needs to look and work with the technical problem solving you end up with these kind of hacky database problems when somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing from a business perspective, just gets in there and tries to solve the technical problem with whatever hack they can put together. And you can't be successful that way. So it's important to work with partners that understand the business implications of what they're doing, the long-term implications of what they're doing so that you don't end up in this situation and have to have guys who are good, like one to
0: one e-commerce go in there and clean up the problem. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that to that point, one of the, the top reasons that folks go ahead and start writing direct to database um, is because that's what they're accustomed to, that they've been using you know databases like MySQL for years and years, and yeah. um, they don't know the API as well. And so because they're not necessarily experts in Magento or in some of the, the best practices, they use their own path to least resistance. The same reason that uh, it's not uncommon to see folks y- using or creating Magento extensions for functionality that's available off the shelf in Magento, that mm-hmm. um, not quite enough research into methodology that, that you could have used. And so, you know, you create problems where they didn't exist or need to exist. Certainly glad to hear that, that this client um, at this point has a healthy site. And, um, you know, always great to see when uh, when there is a, a success story out of that type of uh, an issue. And with that, I, I want to say thank you to those that are have tuned in Um, for this uh, video and and podcast and um, certainly any final thoughts uh, from, let's start with Chris.
2: Yeah, my final thought would be that uh, sometimes it takes more time to get started to do things right at the beginning of the project instead of of fixing it later. It, it, It ends up costing more when you do things to get it done and you do things badly and then you have to fix it. You may take more time uh, starting a new project the right way and do it everything like it needs to be done, but uh, at the end, it will pay off always.
1: And Ryan? Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that and kind of building on what, what I just said about um, how you pick your partners. Um, it should be your, your Magento agency's job to educate you on why they are recommending the best practice, but as a merchant... Um, it's kind of your job to make sure you have a partner that you can trust and that is giving you good information and, and to then trust what they say. Um, if they're saying the best way to do this now, even if it takes a little bit more cost up front or a little bit more time up front, um, if they're educated and they know what they're doing, they're going to save you money and time over the long, over the long run. Um, it's really the best way to do it because technology problems that
0: work their way in now become more and more complex down the road. Sure. I mean, untangling either, you know, spaghetti code, bad code that was created or bad data um, can be a lot more work. uh, In some cases, you know, it it becomes a money pit um, that uh, in contractor terms, I've always said it's like being a, you know, an electrician or a plumber. You take down the sheetrock and um, every room that you go to, you find more problems behind the walls. And so, at some point, it just becomes a rip out, you know, that you don't know what you're going to find, and there's no great way to estimate it. So uh, I I would resonate with that, that always, um, you know, measure twice, cut once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And sometimes that means spending a little bit more money up front. But as they say, you know, you you don't want to be, you know, penny wise and dollar foolish that, um, you know, you want to be happy with your investment. It is an investment, that's for sure. Um, And so Uh, With that, we look forward to bringing you more great information like this in the future. Thanks again for tuning in and uh, happy selling.